The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and thank you for tuning in today. If you've been listening, you know that we've had a just a wide breadth and depth of information here on the Career Confidant for you. And this is your host for the Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff. Today, we are going to be talking about the trends in career management, job search, interviewing, hiring, that you need to know. So we're going to be talking about some of these trends that might be surprising, I'm guessing some things that you haven't heard before and some things that maybe you have heard before but you just really need to hear again. So about, hmm, I think in January, early January, we talked through some of the trends that I had heard as a part of the Global Career Brainstorming Day held by the Career Thought Leaders Consortium. I participated in that day in middle of November of 2014, and it was a great opportunity to bring together career professionals for me in person in Denver, Colorado, and people around the world. These events were held in in the UK, I think in Sweden there was an event, and then all around the US to pull together career professionals and brainstorm about what's going on in the careers space. And so that information was something that that information was something that I was just sharing with you based on what I had learned from the Denver event. But it turns out that all this great information of course came from the the groups around the world and now the white paper is out from the career thought leaders of all of the information gathered in this event. Now it's 41 pages. You're more than welcome to go and download it yourself off of the careerthoughtleaders.com backslash white paper. But I thought I would help you out by pulling some pieces out of that paper that really speak to the things that I think you need to know. Some of them surprised me. And some of them are just maybe contrary to what I hear job seekers, career professionals who are looking to make a change talk about on a daily basis as I'm working with individuals. So, here we go. So, we're going to start with some items around 
career marketing. I don't want to talk too much about that because I feel like we've talked about that a lot in the last few weeks. But one of these things that really stood out to me is that snail mail has not disappeared. It is the anti-trend, right? As the world moves in this more and more technology trend, there is naturally this anti-trend, as described to me by my good friend Rich Feller, and makes so much sense, right? That there's always going to be your contrarians, but there's also always going to be opportunity created by a trend, opportunity to catch attention, in this case, by doing something different than everybody else is doing it. So snail mail offers us the opportunity to do that, right? When everybody's online and everything's online and people have lost that touch, snail mail offers you the opportunity to do something different. And so if you're thinking about and I think about this in a lot of different ways, if you're thinking about sending a document to somebody, try snail mail, a resume, a cover letter, a thank you note. Think about the opportunity to stand out as maybe being the only piece of real mail in that person's junk mail pile, right? And how we might be able to leave behind a little bit better impression if we use that snail mail. So again, maybe contrary to what we think, oh, everything's going technology. Well, there's this part of that trend that that means snail mail is making a resurgence in some ways. So thinking about a contrary to what you might think, and I get asked this a lot, so our career professionals group tends to agree that LinkedIn premium service appears to be of limited value to most people. So there might be an opportunity to send more in-mail, eh, you know, approaching people you don't know cold through in-mail, typically not the best way to get a response anyways. There's a lot of things we can do on LinkedIn if we know how to use it that don't require that premium service. And as networking gets more and more genuine and personal, takes more depth and and time, actually, networking is moving in that direction where people want it to be real, not just a, hey, I'll shake your hand, you shake my hand, and and we'll move on kind of thing. LinkedIn is kind of following suit that if you're wanting to connect with people on LinkedIn, building those relationships and building real relationships that then let you connect with more people is the way to go versus paying for the premium service, connecting people cold through in-mails. It just isn't having the same ring that maybe it did a few years ago, if ever, I would add to that. Now, interesting and we've had a few discussions about this recently on the show when we had Joe here from Blue Steps. He was talking about reaching out to recruiters and, and how to do that. And interestingly that this group of career professionals, one of the trends they are seeing is that recruiters expect you to reach out to them versus just applying to a position. 
of course you have to do this well, right? You have to be able to uh, add value, connect with them in a way that matters, do those things in a in a way that makes sense. And that's preferred to simply sending an application in as we know we all fall into that blue black hole. So if you're interested in that, that was the show on January 26th where we talked to Joe from Blue Steps, a recruiting executive search firm, and he shared a little bit with how with us about how to connect with recruiters. But recruiters are expecting that versus just applying to the position. And of course, if we're using LinkedIn or social media, they're expecting that we've built some relationships towards them, that we have an, an, a connection of some kind that's mutual before we make that connection. So we're going to maybe put some of these things together because they have to do with the interview process. Well, actually, we're going to skip that and come back to it. My apologies. So recruiters are seeking tools that emphasize who the candidate is and not just where they've been. So this is where you're seeing the increase of, and this is throughout the white paper, you're seeing this increase of social recruiting. So employers using uh, Facebook, using LinkedIn, they're using systems that help them connect to their employees' connections. So there, there's actually software out there that would allow me as an employer to see Joe, who's my fin- finance guy. There's a software that would let me see all of his LinkedIn connections, Twitter connections, go through those, of course, searching, right? I'm not actually picking through those, but use a search function that would go through those contacts and pull out the ones that are somewhat relevant to a position I might be hiring. So recruiters are using these very intelligent social systems to hire, which in some ways is contrary to this big push around applicant tracking systems, right? Again, you have this trend going towards applicant tracking systems and SEO, search engine optimization, keywords in your resume. And then you have the anti-trend, which is companies going completely social and doing all proactive type of recruiting versus sorting resumes that came in through an applicant tracking system. So depending on what types of companies you're looking at, you need to do a little bit of research and understand which trend line they're on, right? Are they big ATS users, applicant tracking system users, and I better make sure my resume is full of keywords? Or are they social recruiters? And do I need to make sure I'm active on social media? And of course, we may have to do a little bit of both, depending on the the types of employers that we are targeting. This movement towards technology in one way or the other is in some ways taking recruiting in a new direction. Companies are bringing that more internally because, of course, it's harder to do social recruiting with an external recruiting firm, right? We want our own team managing that and internal 
branded team doing that. And so in some ways, recruiting is being eroded by either the software system that's taking the place in companies who are going that route or the social recruiting by companies that are going that route. So as these things evolve, we have to keep our eye on that. But a lot of it's just knowing your company and knowing what they're using to hire. Not surprising, perhaps, but very important to know and to realize that networking is still the number one way of getting a job. Networking is still the number one way of getting into a company. And you've got all these distractions around technology, and especially on the applicant tracking side of things. But all the social media stuff is a way of networking, right? That's all it is, is technology for networking. And, and so if you're using it in that way, it'll be very powerful for you. But networking is still the number one way. And for most of us, it's someone we already know, love, and trust. It's not that we have to go out and build this new network necessarily. It's figuring out how to access the network that already exists for us. And as that happens and networking continues to to be that that way that people find jobs, as I said, it's also becoming more authentic or long, maybe longer term. A long time ago, maybe even a year ago, I did a, a show called, you know, Skip the Elevator, Take the Stairs. And that's really the, the way networking is going. I don't want your elevator pitch I want to get to actually know you and I want to feel like you actually want to get to know me versus this very transactional interaction. Because of that, even if we're employed and and maybe when we're employed we have the opportunity to do this is to do that networking in a long-term way to have a, a good, strong brand, to know how to share that brand with others in a way that builds it consistent, consistently and has constancy in terms of that we're always interacting with people on in the same manner in a way that supports the same brand. So just one more thought here on the job-seeking side the big job boards are starting to get less and less, and they have been for the last five years, perhaps less and less effective. The increase is happening in the niche market. And so find your niche. Don't be afraid to focus. If you're going to be using those job boards, the niche ones are going to be the most effective for you. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about trends in the interviewing and hiring space. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, leaders are working to transform themselves and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn, for insights on emerging trends and business innovations to help you stay ahead of the game. You'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention live every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today, I am sharing with you some of the most surprising or most need-to-know pieces of information that I've found digging through 41 pages of white paper from the Career Thought Leaders Global Career Brainstorming Day. So this is a day where career professionals around the world get together and talk about what they see in terms of the new and what's coming next, which of course is always hard to to predict but some of the things that they see coming down the pipeline. So we've talked a little bit about some of the job search, more resume and, and job search site information and really thought about that that is changing, it's becoming more niched, it's becoming more driven socially. So recruiters are looking at how they can incorporate social media into their systems. And then also that there's this move in, towards increasing use of, of big data and applicant tracking systems. I want to talk a little bit about interviewing because interviewing is changing in a way that might surprise you. And it may catch you off guard and your first thought may be, oh, these companies are trying to steal my secrets or get information from me for free. But what I see happening in the interviewing world and one of our career professionals from somewhere around the world captured it very well is that HR professionals, interviewers, recruiters are really trying to match 
a company's interests and the candidate's interests better. So they're not just worried about skill fit. They're worried about personality fit and long-term goal fit and culture fit. It's just deeper. They're looking deeper because they've realized, of course, that that helps them have better retention. So they're doing some of that on the front end, which probably means you can expect some things that you weren't seeing in interviews that maybe you're not used to. One of those being that more employers are asking for a 30, 60, 90 day plan. So when you interview, they're asking you, what would you do in the first 30 days? What would you do in the first 60 days, 90 days? And they're looking for you to actually bring a plan. One of the things that I would say is that you want to make sure you understand your position, who it collaborates with, and those are questions you might want to ask in a first interview. Most likely that 30, 60, 90 day plan is going to be part of a a second or third interview. And yes, hiring processes has gotten longer. And so asking good questions in your first interview to understand who you interact with, who you report to, what the structure looks like will help you in developing that plan and realizing that part of that plan should be understanding who you would connect with, learn from, interview, if you will, to understand what your goals, objectives, and key points are throughout the next phase of the job, right? That approach will help you feel collaborative. All of those things that that Wayne Mitchell talked about when we spoke with him about interviewing. It's that collaborative approach. And remember that when you're doing that 30, 60, 90 day plan, then don't don't get caught off guard by it because it is coming. It's, it is growing in popularity. The other thing that's changing in our interviews, in in addition to them becoming more extensive, meaning more interviews in the process, is that you might be and most likely will be expected to give some kind of demonstration. So if you're in marketing or sales, you could expect to have to give a a sales demonstration or a marketing presentation in your interview. Lots of times they'll they'll tell you up front, you'll get to prepare, all of those good things. If you're and we talked about this last week, maybe or two weeks ago, if you're at that more executive level, that whiteboarding piece might come in where you're expected to kind of more on the spot get up and problem solve a problem visually on on the whiteboard in your interview. So it's thinking about for your type of position what skills test, if you will, might make sense. If you're in administration, they might have some kind of test put together where you have to manipulate a Word document or enter in data. If you're in a manager role, again, it might be that more whiteboarding, sales, presentations. It's been common in academia for quite a while that if you're going into student services position, you have to give a presentation as if you would would give it to students. So it provides you with that opportunity to demonstrate your skill versus just telling us stories about it. 
interesting to me that many employers still prefer the the phone interview as opposed to going to Skype or some of those things. They may go to Skype for a second or third interview, but that first interview still predominantly by phone. Next thing just to watch out for in terms of the interview process is that a lot of companies are asking you to answer questions on paper before the interview and those behavioral interview question answers like tell me about a time you solved a problem or tell me about a time you had to market a product, those are going through the applicant tracking systems. Obviously, these are the companies that are applicant tracking system happy, but if you know you're applying to especially larger organizations, you can expect that they have that technology and they're going to use it in these ways. So thinking about how all of this is changing in terms of the way that we're interviewed, of course we know that Companies are looking at us on Facebook, but you might not be aware that companies are actually spending big money to build Facebook pages to attract the kind of talent they want. So if you wanted to hire a service manager for an auto dealership, a big one, let's say Ford, go out, they'd go out there and build a page on Facebook that is a careers page just focused on marketing that position. And Facebook is awesome at their their data. So as a business owner, an employer, a big company, I can create a Facebook page to attract those people and then pay to market it very, very well in terms of the analytics and how that is sparsed. So... If you're not on Facebook for your job search, be aware that there still might be those opportunities for you to find pages like that, that a company has set up there, and interact with them in some way, which of course might require you to join Facebook. But if your companies are there, it might make sense for you to do that. If your companies aren't there, of course it might not make sense. So thinking about all of this changing and hiring, some things are still staying the same. As we talked about, networking is still still the number one way to find a job. And companies, employers, are still using some of the same methods, but that's starting to change. And as we said, job boards are becoming less and less effective. And in that vein... And, you know, this has been around for a long time since the the days of free agent nation. And that's part of the reason I started this show, right? But there's this huge move for contracting. I think the data is by 2020, 25% of us or more will be contractors. So that means that employers will start to do things differently. And I wouldn't want this to catch you off guard. One, they might want to hire you as a contractor. Don't let that scare you away from the job, right? There's a lot of opportunities now to do something different if that's the way they want to hire you. Two is to not be surprised if even if they're hiring you as an employee, they might 
have an exit strategy that they're sharing with you. That this is how we lay people off. These are the services that we offer. This is the, the standard package that we offer when we do those things. Not as many companies are doing that as I think actually should because it sets the right expectation, right? This is not a forever marriage. And both parties are aware of that going in, but sometimes we like to pretend that it is, makes us feel good until it's time for us to break up and and then it's like we're being caught off guard. So some companies are starting to create this that when they hire you, they also say this is how we do our exits. Don't get caught off guard. I, I hope more, more companies will start to do it actually because it's a great practice in terms of setting expectations in reality versus having some idea that it's going to be a an ongoing forever marriage, if you will. So switching back a little bit to individuals instead of companies, the idea of branding and personal branding is exploding. And we've talked about this a little bit, so I'm just going to throw out a few nuggets that that seemed new as I went through this white paper. And I'll leave you on a little cliffhanger there. We'll be back in just a few minutes to go through what's what are the surprising trends in branding. We'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business.
tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're going through some of the most surprising or need-to-know pieces of information that came out during the Global Career Brainstorming Day, where career professionals from across the world actually got together and, and talked about what they saw coming up. So we've talked a little bit about the resume and job search trends, and then we just spent some time talking about interviewing trends and how interviewing is training, changing, changing. And now we're going to talk a little bit about branding. Again, this is an area that we've covered in the show a lot recently, so I just want to pick out the most surprising or need-to-know things here. So we know that personal branding has become more important and people are expecting you to have a, a brand. And, you know, people are, one of the things that came out was this personal brand statement or slogan tagline, if you will, for you as an individual has become more and more important. I don't think that it's necessarily the focus on, like, you have to have the right six words in terms of a slogan or, or a tagline, but it's more about that you have to be, you have to have your essence defined. And a lot of times that can be boiled down into some kind of a slogan, but it's really who are you? What do you do differently? What's your focus? What's your passion? Those are all really hard questions. And that's why it's hard to come up with a tagline. But as you're working through your brand, that's what you're thinking about is how can you get to something that's uniquely you and adds value for your employer. And that's becoming more and more important. Even today on a session with some folks talking about branding, they're talking about the this like recommendations on LinkedIn, right? And if someone gives you a recommendation on LinkedIn that you need to make sure it leads with something powerful that's in line with that brand. Not, I know Susan from working with her at blah, 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 right? They're taking up that valuable real estate in those first phrase, first few words with something that doesn't add any value, so, you know, at the end, LinkedIn will say, you know, what are the three or four words that best describe that person? Get your recommenders to put that at the top, right? Those three, four, five words. Then, after working with Susan at blah, 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 this is what I've come to know about her. So, it's flipping that so that the key information is always on top. And in your LinkedIn profile, your resume, all of those pieces, that's what we're talking about, I think most importantly when we talk about the career branding statement is that are you putting the best and right stuff up top that's really in line with your brand your summary your LinkedIn profile right again don't start with some history give me the give me the thesis statement if you will and then tell me the story thinking about that space and our brand and 
what people see about us first, reputation management or online brand management is is just blowing up. So that when I Google you, let's say that even I'm a purchaser at Home Depot and we need lumber. And we've always used the same lumber company, but you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to search to see if there's somebody different that we might be able to use. I'm going to go to the companies maybe, look at some companies. Most likely I'll find some of those companies through or on LinkedIn. And then I'm probably going to Google the leaders. What do people say about them? Have they been in the news? And unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, what is up there is going to play at least a ninth into my decision. So research shows that people look at about nine different sources before they decide to make a decision on buying something, working with someone. And so that what I find on Google, what shows up at the top on Google, really is at least a ninth of that decision-making factor. And if you don't have anything that shows up for you, one, I might just find people, other people, so I'm questioning, eh, this person doesn't really seem like a, a big leader. They're, they're not even findable, right, on LinkedIn. Or two, it might be negative stuff. might be negative stuff about somebody else with your same name. So there's all these factors that go into reputation management. And what do people find when they Google you? Of course, this is where LinkedIn plays a big part because LinkedIn has worked very hard to come up at the top of the search rankings for Googled names. They like that, right? They, those two are, are little buddy-buddy hold hands. And if we aren't on LinkedIn or we don't have a presence on some other kind of social medium, the news that might come up first for us Maybe us may not be us, maybe good, may not be good, right? But you can, to some extent, control that. And reputation management systems and coaches, and it's just blowing up in that area because of that. Now, of course, if you want to really ensure that you'll know what comes up first on someone's Google search about you, Video. Video scares the, most of us, right? But it is so important in terms of your reputation management and your brand. It doesn't have to be your face, right? It can be a slide per share that you're narrating, maybe a, a headshot of you at the beginning, and something that shows your face is nice. And of course, if you can do a live video, that's, that's going to be great. Edited live video, of course. But that video is so key in, in your reputation management and getting, taking control of your, of your Google results. Other things, if you haven't seen it in terms of your branding, around thought leadership, right? Because a lot of your brand is what's out there that shows you're an expert at what you do. LinkedIn's publish feature, everybody's using it, and so you might think that diminishes it, but it's really just about building your brand so that when I look at your LinkedIn profile, I can see that your examples of the thought leadership. It's noise, yes, 
but it's when somebody does find you and it should be the right person that finds you if you're doing some of the other basics of LinkedIn in terms of your keywords and your interactions, what will they see about what you know? What will they see about what you can do? That's that LinkedIn publish feature allows you to do that, to build thought leadership into your brand. So let's switch gears here a little bit and talk about some of the things that are going on internally inside organizations. And this is maybe one of the most predictive things that I see in the white paper and a little bit of this is going to come from my own conversations recently. But education and the way education is perceived is shifting. So right now I feel like we're at maybe a pinnacle of degree validation. So we have risen to the absolute top, I think, in terms of how much people are valuing a a degree, a bachelor's degree. It's almost like you have to have a bachelor's degree to do anything. It seems like we've completely, well, almost completely filled the market with MBAs, right? The MBA has started to lose a little bit of its its pizzazz, its differentiation for sure, because so many people have one now, you can get them online. And so what I see, and again, this is very predictive, happening in education, is employers are really shifting to certificate requirements, and again, what my friend Rich Feller would call a micro-college. So there are little organizations popping up to offer very specific depth type skills for individuals in that market. And as the value of degrees and some of those things just become very basic and they still may be required, but they aren't going to be differentiators, you're going to start to see that difference in what people are requiring and more certifications, more depth, very specific to what we do. It's the wave of the specialist, if you will. And of course, it'll probably rebound later, but I think we're kind of at the beginning of the specialist movement at this point. So companies are expecting individuals to develop talent themselves, seek out their own development, and in the mode of bifurcation that we've been talking about, there's going to be this group of contractors that's in charge of their own professional development. They have a lot of perks in terms of getting to plan their own work life, find their own work be in charge of who they work for, all of those things. And then you're going to have this arm of people who companies kind of baby, (laughs) if you will. And those are the, you know, identified early as high performers, really nurtured, create talent paths for these people within organizations. And so there's going to be this lots of talent development perhaps going on in organizations for those people that have been put on that path and then the rest of us and I'll say us because I'm definitely in that contractor path 
are going to be in charge of our own development, again, acting more as that business of one, whether we're contractors all the time or maybe we're getting employee gigs, we're in charge of that career direction versus the, the company providing that for us. And just, you know, this stuck out to me because we don't talk about it that much, but the idea of franchises and franchise consulting and that's really experienced growth right now, experiencing growth as especially the workforce ages and people look to semi-retire or do something different, stop working for the quote-unquote man. You'll see more in terms of franchise opportunities and franchise resources that will be coming out. So as we think about this hiring world and and talent development, really it's a you-take-charge-of-it world. You take charge of your professional development, you take charge of your education, and and doing all of those things, which, again, is why we started this show. So interesting that all of these career professionals around the world are seeing that same trend. So we've gone through quite a few trends here from our white paper. We're going to go on another short break, and when we come back, we'll close out with a few more need-to-know or surprising trends from the Global Career Brainstorming Day 2014. Be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today please call 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you may also send an email to marie at a strategic advantage.com now back to the career confidant welcome back to the career confidant and today we are talking about trends as found through the Global Career Brainstorming Day 2014 in November 
crew professionals all over the world coming together to look at where are things going. So we've talked about resumes, job search, interviewing, hiring, and a little bit about branding. And now we've started talking a little bit about internal company career management and how that's changing. So a few things here that caught me off guard or I thought were surprising you know that employers and maybe you're seeing this in your company and if you don't realize it's a trend you may be frustrated that employers are increasingly abandoning the performance review so they're using technology and doing some different things and we'll see how that practice works out that'll be interesting but if you're seeing that in your company and thinking you know, boy, it's interesting that we're not doing this anymore. Well, it's actually a trend uh, growing within the com- within the international world. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. So thinking about your job and how you interact with others. Interestingly enough, texting is overtaking email as a productivity tool. So if you're interacting with a coach especially, but even with your boss, it may be interesting to see how text starts to work its way in to your interactions. And of course, at younger companies, we might expect that to move more quickly, but it seems to be catching on with in all age groups because email has become so cumbersome. So some of the other things in terms of changing in the workforce and and diversity in the workforce, and I know lots of you will love this, that shorter periods of employment are becoming more acceptable. Well, of course, because it's becoming more consistently in the workforce, it's becoming more prevalent that people don't work as long at any one job used to be even five, four years ago, if you had short job spurts on your resume, people called you a job hopper, and it was just very negative. And now as job jobs are becoming more project-based, if you will, this shorter periods are becoming more acceptable, which is great, I think, for most of us, as that has been the reality for at least the last five years, that has just been a reality. And now it's starting to be seen as employers as acceptable. So good for them for catching up with the rest of us and we were already where we were already at. So the other thing I think you as an employee job seeker might want to realize has changed is some language. When you talk with people and you talk about work-life balance, that term is is most definitely on its way out. Today, people are talking talking about work life blend rather than balance, realizing that balance is not really attainable. Right? It it's an ebb and flow, and and it's never probably going to actually feel balanced. It's this idea that we're trying to figure out how to blend the two rather than believing we can ever find a balance. And part of that is coming because there is this push for doing more with less. And as that push has continued to happen, people have realized that if we provide flexibility, 
then we can actually maybe expect more because we're providing these these flexibility points or structures that allow blending versus a search for balance. So this might not necessarily be surprising, but again, I think really important to realize that the definition of old is changing. And people that come into my office and they talk about, you know, thinking they're experiencing age discrimination. And a lot of them, I just think, you know, you're not old enough for that. Look at AARP, right? AARP has totally rebranded. Check out Life Reimagined. It's this idea of there's so much more work to be done after you're 50 and They've changed their branding. They've changed their approach. And I think, yes, there is still going to be some age discrimination, but that is changing fairly quickly, especially with the fact that it's just not possible for a company to not hire people of that age group. There's not enough talent to fill those positions. There just isn't. Yes, us millennial group are big and we're we're getting there, but we're inexperienced, except for maybe the old ones who can barely call themselves millennials like me, right? We're not, we don't, we're not experienced. So yes, there are your 28 to 33-year-old whiz kids. There are not very many of them, right? Most of us are working up the path just like you did. And if a company's wanting somebody who's experienced, they're going to have to hire somebody who's over 40. That's just the way it works. So be aware of that. Watch for it. And use it to help you reframe how you think about your age. Because that's what's probably most important. So thinking about how this workplace is changing and professions are changing at just a at a huge rate, right? Professions that didn't exist, job titles that didn't exist. And it gives us this opportunity. You know, there's some titles in here that people have said they're hearing about social networks marketer, networking manager, social networks content manager. But those are just a few of a realm of new opportunities that require Again, most of them are very specific skill set that you're not necessarily going to get in a degree that are, if they're interesting to you, it provides you this opportunity to go and get the training, dig, dive deep, and be able to get those positions because there aren't very many people that have that expertise. It doesn't matter what age they are. Right? I, I work with lots of young people who don't know how to actually use social media as a tool. Just because they're on it doesn't know they mean they know how to use it as a tool. So thinking about all those opportunities that exist, that is part of your, op- that's part of your next world, right? That's part of the opportunities that are out there. And as things start to change more quickly, and continue to change more quickly as they have over the last 60 years, how can we capitalize on those opportunities by being able to see where 
they're going, see where industries are going, see where trends are going, and be in the right place, take the chances to capitalize on those opportunities. So if you're interested in looking at this further, especially if you happen to be a career professional and you're listening, there's lots of great stuff in here for career professionals, resume writers, coaches. There's also, as we've gone through today, great information in there for job seekers, career professionals, career not career professionals, people who are employed and want to take care of their own career, great information in there for you. So again, that's www.careerthoughtleaders.com. We will continue to bring you great guests and experts to talk about what are the trends and the things you need to know to manage your own career as we move forward into the wild world of the next phase of our economy. We'll be right back here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.